All right, John Wayne Parr, welcome to the podcast. May, thank you. So what do you go? 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 So what Man, you you have been one of our most requested guests, especially since we we obviously are in Thailand and and have the gym and everything. So uh, it's been great to uh, to book you and and finally have you on the podcast. Hey, this is such an honor. It's very cool. Thank you for uh, letting me come on. It's really cool. No, nah, man, this is an honor for us. Trust me, you're a living yeah. legend, man, and uh, and it's just great great to have you on here. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you'd never pay for a drink in Thailand. You know that already, huh? Never pay for a drink. You never would in Thailand. Everybody, everybody at the gym when we uh, said we were having you on, I mean, just through the roof. They were pumped. So I appreciate you coming yeah, on. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. I got a lot of friends that go over to Thailand. They come back. They go, everybody knows who you are. It's like really still. So yeah, it's, it's such a such a crazy. Uh, it's so humbling to to do all that work over there and still be recognized. So yeah, it's fun. How can you yeah. say even still? You're like the most famous. White living legend <laughs> tie fighter yeah. ever. They're still yeah, alive and, and fighting. You're fighting time, still. You just go through the motions and then you don't really think that you're going to leave a mark. And then when you go home, it's, it's um, and then you you get, just get feedback from people. It's having me back through the wall. So, so it's still nice to, yeah. And then every now and again, uh, the ties go, oh, my, my friends will come back and they say, oh, I was talking to my trainer. He said he's one of your favorite fighters. It's like, what? A tie like a Westerner is our favorite fighter. That's so weird. But it's cool too. It's very cool. You've definitely mm-hmm. left a lot of marks, and you've had a lot of marks. I've seen your Instagram, and I think you had yeah. a I think you had a picture at one point where you had like all the cuts shown or something. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. So I got that off, off a Canadian goalie. Yeah, he, uh, he was a uh, one of the like a superstar Canadian goalie. I forget his name, but uh, he was uh, around before they had helmets, and then he 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 got a uh, improvised if, uh, if he had all these pictures at once. No, I really like the idea. I thought, oh, I wonder if I would do that on my face. So I talked to a couple of guys, and um, they were good with the Photoshopping. So they, they implemented that with mine. Yeah, it looks crazy. And that's only about half of the stitches that I've had in my face as well. You can't really justify because so many stitches are side by side. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but all up, uh, 330 stitches from the fighting with elbows, which is not wow. good. And I'm sure so many. three baseballs, by the way. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of them were in the same place, too, obviously. And then uh, I'd like to uh, do a Mythbuster. Uh, uh, did you know chicks do not dig scars? They don't. After all these years, I thought I was going to be the hottest man in town. It's, it's totally false. So chicks don't dig scars. <laughs> so we all got into maybe, it for the wrong reasons. Maybe the ladyboys are not the screw chicks. <laughs> the ladyboys do. Hey, I've had, I've had six stitches in my life, so two in my foot, four in and my six arm. Lady boys, so I got shot with a gun. In 2004, and I had four uh, stitches in the exit oh, wow. wound. The entrance was nothing. He's never fought, but before anybody thinks he's like a real street gangster over here, he got shot, and it was yeah. one of those random shootings where, like, you know, the gangs, like, shoot a random car just to, yeah. to, to make it in the gang. He happened to be yeah. the lucky guy in the backseat that got hit of a random car. Yeah. So, Wow, thanks, man. Well, I'm just saying, I don't want you getting too much street credit. Worst man of my life, cent. and it's a 7 for you. <laughs> he did get shot, though. And that's I'll tell you the story later. Pretty courageous. He saved, helped save some of his friends and stuff. So. I saved a lot. Yeah, we'll get into that another time. But. Anyway, I don't know if you know about this, but what we're doing is uh, we're building up uh, subscribers on YouTube. And just to kind of make it fun for the viewers, since he's never had a fight, street fight, professional, no, obviously not professional, but amateur, boxing fight, anything, 
uh, he hasn't even trained. He's going to actually take a fight at one of these, you know, these small little stadium, like, you know, bar fights. You, you've been here before. He's going to take yeah. a Muay Thai fight for the first time in his life once we get to 50,000 subscribers on YouTube. So, oh, yeah, he's going to go through a fight camp and we're going to film it. We're going to we're going to kind of follow his progress and, and in between cigarettes and, and sing songs. He's yeah. gonna he's gonna go out there and uh, have an actual Muay Thai fight. Is it, is it possible to do your will and testament before you do the fight entirely? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm gonna fight a lady boy, so I can. Yeah, they, I think he's just gonna yeah, hand they, me his wallet before, yeah. it, so I can punch a woman without all the guilt. <laughs> you know? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> is that wrong? No, I guess. But what happens if you lose? Then nobody will see it. We're not gonna air it. <laughs> I like how he's, I like the optimism of him saying if. That's nice. Yeah, man, I, I That's thought, really nice. I was going to offer to fly you down here and come uh, corner me and train me, but you might have just ruined him. You're going to yeah. need him. Uh, oh, fuck it. But if you yeah, lose. <laughs> so I'm not going to lose. <laughs> I'll pay the guy off. Or the girl off, whatever it is. Uh, I've seen lady boys fight. They fight hard. Yeah. Rose. Yeah. I mean, shit. Oh, there's, there's a girl named... There's yeah. a girl in Lumpini right now who, who's fighting, and she's killing everybody. Well, it's not a girl. Yeah. Well, but it's a lady, we'll yeah. not not a not, not a full girl, but she's yeah. in that transition. But she's doing like uh, really well. I mean, she, we were looking up some stuff on her not too long ago. Yeah, we thought about having her, him or her, whatever yeah, they, you want to call. Well, right. back in my day, it was Nongdum. Nongdum was still popular when I was still living over there. So, so that goes way back to the mid nineties, and she was a superstar, and she she was smashing everybody. And that was a lady so boy. Really, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there were lady boys fighting had, back like, then. She saved up. She there's a there's a movie on her called uh, The Beautiful Boxer. Oh, so she, that's a she saved up all the prize money Stop. to finally get the chop. <laughs> so, <laughs> she saved yeah, the money from fighting to get the chop. Yeah, it was crazy. When did you see the movie? You'll um, she was hiding in the toilets at the, at the fight camp. I put lipstick on, and then uh, the boys knock in the toilet. Go to the toilet. She quickly wiped lipstick off and tried to look normal. But the oh, whole wow. time she was like going in that transition. It was crazy. It's really, well, it's a really good movie. Well, wow. but but at your time they wouldn't let her fight Lumpini, right? She fought once, yes. Oh, she did? Oh, okay. I thought Rose yeah, was the yeah. first to fight Lumpini. Maybe the she first champion or, or first uh, yeah. contender or something. I don't think she's yeah. a champion, but... Hey, but Nong Rose fights Roger Rose, so that's the same. Yeah. yeah oh, that's right. Roger Rose, yeah. Rose, yeah. Sorry, we're so far away in Phuket, you know. And then they had the new Roger Modern as well. Uh, they changed stadiums. They built the new one, I think. Yep. I'm right about that, correct? Well, speaking of Lumpini... I don't know how long the, ago uh, it was, but they did yeah, build a new right. one. You're right. I just don't know when it happened. Well, because um, we have, um, obviously, the gym, and um, I'd say 40% are Australian, and that's probably a testament to you. And being an yep. Australian, you were the first to actually fight in Lumpini, first Australian, correct? First Australian, yes. Dude, how and cool is that to say, huh? Yeah, it was mad. It was so cool. Uh, I had, I think I had seven, six fights. I won six fights straight, and then I was supposed to fight someone. And they didn't rock up on that day. And, and then Song tried the way he goes, I'll tell you what, to make up for it, your next fight's going to be at Lumpini. I was like, whoa, no way, really? Wow. So um, that was massive. And so about two or three weeks later, uh, the fight happened. Uh, I ended up winning. I, the first two rounds, I had a hard time. The tie was really tough. And then uh, I got in trouble in the end of the second round by my tie coach. He started screaming at me, what are you doing? Go first, don't wait, be, be first, be aggressive. So round three, I started picking up the pace, letting my hands go, and then you started getting that tie roar. Once they started seeing that I was starting to win, the hey, hey, yeah. hey, yeah. and then uh, I just got uh, the more I landed, the, the louder the cheer went, 
and then um, that inspired me to push hard, push hard. Ended up stopping him in, in round four. And then, uh, so I won my first fight with Pini by, by knockout. And then uh, they, I got offered another fight with Pini straight away. And then the funny thing was, it was my my 21st birthday, uh, a week before the fight. So, um, my, and then everyone thinks the 21st birthday, they're going to be with all the boys, they're going to get piss, they're going to get wasted, they're going to find the biggest party ever. And here I was, stuck in a different country in a Thai camp, doing pads, stuck in 40 degree heat. Uh, after training, one of the girls bought a little cupcake with one candle on it. Happy birthday! <laughs> <laughs> and back in those days, um, we didn't have mobile phones or computers. There's no internet. There's no Facebook, and it was really expensive to make international calls. So um, I remember Mum ringing up on my 21st Happy birthday, son! Uh, thanks, Mum. Thank you. You doing anything? Oh no, just just finished training. I'll find next week because we couldn't ring very often because it was so expensive. And then um, yeah, so. I remember if you win by knockout at Lumpini on TV, um, you, you get a gold chain as a, as a bonus. So I, I told myself, I'm going to win by knockout to give myself a 21st birthday present. And then um, no. I went out there crazy. And some YouTube, it's, it's Joe Mourinho versus Joe Louis. Ended up stopping him in the, in the second round um, with, with hands. And then um, sure enough, I got the gold chain. So I gave myself a 21st birthday present. So yeah, it was really cool. It was um, a very cool moment. Where, where is that chain right now? Uh, I had to hock it about two or three months later. <laughs> <laughs> true Thai story right there. That that's a true life of a, of an aspiring yeah, Muay Thai fighter right there. Well, when when you were living here, I heard you actually stayed at the camp. Like you actually lived the yeah. Thai lifestyle. You immersed yourself in the whole Thai culture, correct? I mean, yeah, yeah. So I I have a, a Thai sponsor here that has a restaurant, and then uh, I went to Sidi Tong in Pattaya for three months, and then Sang Tenoi, who was a superstar at the time, he came to Australia to fight. And then uh, he met my sponsor, and then they started corresponding and talking. And, and then before they left, uh, my sponsor, Richard, asked them if they could accept me into their camp. They go, oh, no, we don't like Westerners. We don't, they're the bad guys. We don't want any um, – we've never accepted them. And he's, please, 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 can you take him? He's a good kid. You can have him for nothing. You know what? I don't want any money. You can make up all the money off him. Lovely. So uh, they, they said, oh, sure, not, why not? So they picked me up, and then we went to the camp. And then that same camp was a little bit embarrassed because it's very tight. So there was the old uh, water and a hole in the floor for the toilet, uh, no toilet paper. I had to sleep on a wooden floor. And then, yeah, so no furniture, there's no couches or beds or uh, a TV, there was nothing. It was just training, sleep on the floor, wake up, training, sleep on the floor, uh, wipe your bum with a hand. <laughs> Damn. But, uh, yeah, it made you hungry to win, hungry to, hungry, hungry to succeed. That's crazy, man. Like, yeah, when, when I first looked at your record, and then, like, a long time ago, and I looked down, and I saw that first fight, Lumpini, I was like, damn, that's that's yeah. a hell of a first fight. But So I was yeah. training back in Thailand back in, my first time in Thailand training was in 1999. I know you were before me, and you were obviously higher level trying to be a Muay Thai fighter. I was more doing it for, for MMA. Um, yeah. But I also trained in Patea, in 1999, 2000 time frame. But I trained at a yep. gym. I don't know if you know about this gym. It was called uh, Sitfulek. Oh, yeah. Yes. And it had Ching Puik uh, Kiatsen Grit. He fought in the K2, K1 circuit. Yes. He, he was the big tie. Uh, uh, and then there's yep. a bundle, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So I trained with it. It was at the Weekender Hotel, and it was on side, outside of that road. And uh, yep. I trained there. That's where I started. Well, I started in Bangkok, then I moved to Patea with Ching Puik. Trained there for a little yeah. while, and then Patea was too much for me, man. I'll be honest with you; it was just yeah. 
it was just party crazy noise all night long it was just crazy for me so uh, I eventually found Phuket, and then that's kind of where I've stayed since then. But yep. it was crazy back in those days, man. I, I mean, it was fights everywhere, the bar fights, and you had, like, the middle-level uh, rings. Then you had, like, the Tepeset Stadium was the, the stadium in, in Patea where we were trying yep. to get fights at for, like, you know. It was cool, man. Yeah. There was no stadium there when I was, I was there. There was only like the bars. And, and uh, there, was no, there was nothing in Phuket back then, and there was no Samui. It was just Bangkok and then outskirts and little temple shows. That, wow. Um, so when we had to take off, it was it was still WMC camp had just started in Samui, and that was like the, the first like Western Air camp and, and down there. And then uh, then it just exploded. Now now it seems like Phuket's the capital of Muay Thai for for Westerners anyway. Um, it's crazy. It's, it's it's so good that so many people are going over there and um, immersing themselves in, in the sport and the culture. Yeah, we also have like, well, we have like the most, I guess, biggest gems. And then we have the the influx of Muay Thai, I'm sorry, MMA being so big, it's starting to grow in, in Thailand and be a hotbed because of the economy for people in this part of the world to travel to Thailand versus traveling to the, you know, America or somewhere like that. And then and be able to train Muay Thai as well as MMA um, and then CrossFit and the strength and conditioning programs. So right now, Phuket is just, you know, like, I didn't end up coming to Phuket till I think uh, 2008, 2009 or something. And it was pretty, pretty, you know, just starting out at that time. But right now, it's the mecca. I think in the entire world, there's there's no no place in the world that more fighters and fitness enthusiasts travel to than this island. So that's why obviously yep. we built the gym here, AK Thailand, and then there's always the other gyms as well. So it's just a mecca of just fighters, fitness enthusiasts, and foreigners. Like it's crazy, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, back in my day, Evan, Evan was bankrupt, bankrupt, bankrupt. Yeah, he wanted to be a star. Because they had the the Moisiam newspaper, the Moisiam magazines, uh, everything was Lumpini and Rajam, and everyone was striving to make those stadiums. So, and, and if you made it big there, the rest of the world was paying attention. So, I, I made a, a big name in Lumpini, and then without even noticing it, uh, I, I became a big name in Japan. But every time I fought, fought uh, they go to Japan, and then I had my first fight off over there in '98. And when I arrived, everyone knew I was already. It's like, holy shit, what's going on? Uh, and <laughs> I didn't know that all the magazines had been following me for the last couple of years. And then, uh, yeah, it was really cool. I, and in Australia, Muay Thai was still sort of just coming up. It wasn't that big at all. And everyone knew me in Thailand, everyone knew me in Japan, but no one knew me in Australia, which was bizarre. So, but it's, it's good now. Everyone sort of knows what I'm doing these days with social media. But back in them, them days, it was... Uh, yeah, without without the magazines or the opportunity to be on TV once or twice, it, it never happened. So, but yeah, it's crazy times. It's good that it's uh, got to this level that it is now. It's amazing. It's cool with social media, man, to get to know people. Like, uh, you know, I met you at Bellator. Uh, I forgot what number it was. Anastasia fought. I was there with Anastasia, and you fought as well. So that was the first time I actually met you. I was excited to meet you and talk to you, and you were super cool. But since then, I followed you on on Instagram, and then I got to really see your personality. Like it's it's cool with social media that you can actually see people's personality, how they live, and stuff like that. And you have quite the sense of humor, and we've chatted back and yeah. forth, and stayed in contact, things like that. So it's really cool, man. And, and you seem to really have fun with it. And and I, I love your posts. Hey, yeah, people freak out. It, um, uh, I'm being a professional fighter too. I have a lot of time on my hands as well, so I've got a lot of time to to play and, 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 and like comments and 
people freak out. You like a comment, they, they go, holy shit, I can't believe you like my comment. So we we'll get the time to write a message that at least I can do is like it. And then, um, yeah, people, people, uh, that's that interaction. Uh, like, like you said, watching everyone's lives through a little screen on their phone. It's yeah. so cool. I, I feel like I have so many friends that I've never met, but I feel like I know so many people. And, and this sport, it, once you have that same passion with everyone, it's easy to get on because it's so easy to just be answer about stuff because you all have that same one goal is to punch people in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember the uh, energy drinks? <laughs> can you see that from there? Uh, I don't know if you I can see them. The little uh, Red Bulls in the bottle and the lipovitamins and the M150s and the... Yes. Do, do you still drink those or miss those? Or did you did you ever get into these energy drinks, man? Because I'm like addicted to these things now living here. Because they don't have these in America. And I think it's banned. So I think it's a bad it's a bad reason. I think there's something well, those that's... Are, those are scary. Right? I think they're probably not safe. But no. I'm wondering how... Because I know uh, Tempest Stadium back in uh, 99. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. There you go. Whoops. I didn't think about that. But when you were in Thailand, <laughs> the old days, I mean, the old days. Yeah, I'm not sponsored by these guys. Don't worry. But uh, yeah, it's probably not a good reason to, to that they're not anywhere but in Thailand. I guess that's safety. Yeah, but they're not, a, they're not legal in the world. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's like drugs or something. I guess I got to get rid of them. That's why he's with Monster. Yeah, so you're with, yeah. you're with a much better brand. But um, I want to hear just a couple of stories from the old days, man, because like we have guys fighting in Bangalore Stadium and the local stadiums. And, you know, we have guys sometimes fighting in maybe Lumpinia, Raj Majern or whatever. But... Tell us something interesting about the old days. Like, what was the thing about the sand? I, or? I, I do want to know the sand uh, tradition on top of the forehead before they enter. Oh yeah, that uh, we yeah, don't. Crazy. You don't see that here. And also, um, explain round six because I don't think these guys, yeah. the younger six. ones, know how good they have it here. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the sand. So there's a little box uh, at Lumpini. I don't know if it's there anymore, but it, yeah, it was it. Uh, see, before you get into the ring. Um, you kneel down before the stairs, and then you're asking permission from the, the earth, the wind, the fire, the water. Uh, I like to throw in for uh, for God as well. Mm-hmm. God, who can be anybody that wanted to be, but uh, I took him in there as my fifth element. And then um, you just touch the you touch very lightly the sand, and then brush it into your hair, uh, and that's to, to remind yourself that you're born from the earth, and you go back into the earth when you die, and it's to keep you humble. So so no matter what happens, I'm I'm just uh. I'm just, yeah, just a, a body. So, yeah, I, I don't, uh, it's very deep and meaningful, but it's just that every time I fight, I, I've always done it. Ever since my, uh, my sponsor explained it to me. And then, yeah, they showed me the box, and then every time I do it, I touch my head. So, it seems to work. It keeps, keeps me grounded. That's crazy, man, because like I had it all yeah. wrong. Because I, I went by what Van Damme did, and I thought, or, or what Van Damme, the movie did with Van Damme, and they they threw it in the eye. So I thought maybe like, yeah. Yeah, I thought you should take wow. a handful yeah. of that, put it in your pocket. <laughs> wow. And then when the fight starts not going your yeah. way, you just throw a little bit in your opponent's eye, and then you win the fight. That Chung Lee. So it's yeah. good to find it's good to find out the true story, as he there's actually the cultural meaning behind it. Chung Lee lost yeah. that fight. Chung Lee, yeah, there you go. Yeah. I forgot what movie yeah. was. You, I know Bloodsport and Kickboxer are my two favorites. Best so. movie ever. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, it's and good then, to find. It's good to find the six, truth. Six, yeah, round six. Round You're gonna like oh, round, round six. six. Yeah, Mike doesn't know about round six yet. I've seen a little bit. If, of it. Yeah. Uh, if your trainer threatens you not to pick up the the pace or get more aggressive or trying with the fight in the later rounds, uh, round six is what happens back in the camp when no one's around and no one can hear you scream, and when the when the boxes uh, the trainers uh, 
You can get missing very easily in Thailand for a very small amount of money. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying that because I yeah. think it's funny. It's a true story. Uh, yeah, it's very scary. So when, yeah, yeah around six around Asia. Um, and then I've tried um, Sangten. Um, a lot of boxers have told me about their experiences getting bashed in the taxis on the way home. And there's even a sign at Lumpini Stadium um, in Thai that I had one of the trainers explain to me. It says, please do not beat your boxers until you get home. Yeah, I've seen man, I've seen like trainers get mad. We've seen it Oh we, yeah. Not like full on beatings, but we've seen like even kids like get lashed oh, yeah, pretty good by their by their right. coaches and stuff and like and, and going back to what you said about how dangerous it is here, I didn't realize until I started building a, a, a big gym, it's it's a rough place to do business. <laughs> it's not like, it's not like America, especially when you're coming into a Muay Thai culture you know culture country and you're trying to introduce mma a new sport and, and then i put on a couple of shows as well it wasn't an easy path it wasn't an easy road so luckily it's getting better and and they're getting more open-minded about it and you know hopefully i don't get shanked and bottled or anything but uh yeah it's yeah. getting better yeah it's crazy the, the, the thailand um they're, they're such a happy happy people and so smiley land of smiles uh, why, why don't you poke the bear <laughs> I've been the bear too many times. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're, they're the most evilest people on the planet. And, um, yeah, they, they don't fight with their fists. It's all bottles, steel bowls, guns, knives. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they fight to win. They don't care how big you are. Which, yeah, I, even, um, so a, a little story. My first year in Thailand was 1996. My first song gun, I, I was still living in uh, Paddy at that stage. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, he'd just taken me out. For the, I'd only been, I, I was going to the camp, coming back, going to the camp, coming back. I was doing any, any light life. And then my friend just introduced me to going out a little bit. And then I had a, a fight on Songan in a small um, outside car park. I erected a ring. Um, I, I won my fight by fourth round knockout. And then um, I was given a little bit of money as a bonus as well. Plus, so I made, I think, two and a half hours apart, about, about $70. Whew, wow. uh, yeah, it was big time. <laughs> so, yeah. So the next, the next night, I won my fight. It was Song Gun. Uh, the next day, so we played Song Gun all day. Played Song Gun, like, late into the night. And then about, I don't know, maybe two, one, one or two in the morning, uh, this guy, this big Polish, German something guy, he splashed us. We splashed him back. And next minute, he throws his bucket of water down. He storms up to me, chest all out, big guy. And then um, he asked me, if you if you whip me again, I'm going to kill you. I was like, what? And he goes, are you French? And I thought for a second, and I was a little bit drunk. I was like, we. Oui. <laughs> Which was probably <laughs> the wrong answer if someone asked you if they're French. Yeah. And then, um, <laughs> next minute, he kicked me. It's like, oh, shit. I guess we're fighting. So I started charging at him, and then um, I think I've done a kick, which is dumb. I don't get in a street fight, so I don't know really what to do. So I ended up falling over, and then um, as I was getting up, I felt this stonk on the back of my head, and then as I stood up, just bloods all come down my uh, my face, and the whole, it, one of those outside streets where the whole street just went, cool, and just left me right in the middle, and then um, my friend got some glasses, and he's throwing these glasses at these guys to get them, get, uh, get them away from me. 
And then he comes up and he grabs me. He goes, you okay? You okay? I said, ah, oh, I think he had a ring on. He must have cut me with his ring. He goes, no, you just got hit over there with a bar stool. I said, holy <laughs> shit. And then, yeah, so he got, went a bit weak at the knees. Uh, we take to the hospital. I get I get uh, 14 stitches in the back of my head. Uh, so the next night we, we go out and then we, we see this Thai. Sorry. Oh. Oh, sorry. So we see this Thai guy. And he goes, oh, what happened to your head? Oh, I got hit over the head with a parcel. Got stitches, blah, blah, blah. He goes, you know if you get him arrested, you can you can get money off him. So like, no way, really. <laughs> so we go put a, a, a police report in. And then they said, if you can find the guy, we'll go and get him. So we went back to the same bar. We hit me over the, over the head with the parcel. And um, sure enough, he was there. We go tell the police. They come and arrest him. And then... Uh, they said, okay, now that we've got him, how much do you want? I said, oh, well, the stitches cost me 5000 but I really want my money back because I don't have much money at this stage. And they're going, the, tire, the police are going, no, 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 no. What we're going to do, we're going to keep him overnight and teach him a lesson. Oh, sure, sure. So as we're leaving, one of the police grabs me by the shoulder. He says, tomorrow when you come back, ask for 10000 baht. I said, really? Uh, okay, sure. So we go home. We come back the next morning. <laughs> And then the, the ties are laughing. I said, oh, he's in the cell. He's, he's crying. He'll, he'll say he'll pay anything. Oh. Um, I said, but he, he doesn't have any money. He has to get some money wired from, from Poland back into his camp because he's got no money right now. I said, okay, come back this afternoon. So as I'm walking out the door, the tie grabs me. He said, when you come back, ask for 20,000 miles. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> sure. So, so then we come back in the afternoon. And then now he said, We've got him. We've, we've made him so afraid right now. We're told him if he doesn't pay by this afternoon, we're going to take him to Bangkok prison. He's going to be stuck there for months. Um, so I, I think ask, you should ask for twenty-eight thousand baht. Sounds good to me. <laughs> so sure enough, twenty-eight thousand. Yep, done. Uh, he gets a wide money, money wide, and then um, so they let him out of the cell. They fill out the paperwork. They they say all right. Off you go, get out of here. Make sure you don't cause any more trouble while you're here. And they just let me wait. And then after he goes, one of the, the Thai policemen, he, he, he taps me on the shoulder. He goes, follow me. So I follow him down, this toilet, uh, down into the toilets. We close the cubicle. And he goes, okay, out of that 28000 you you owe me 8000 baht because today was my day off. I did this for you, <laughs> so you owe me 8000 I said, mate, whatever you need, yeah. I'm happy to pay so, so that's how the that's how the, the Thailand works. If you're very nice, they'll uh, they'll take care of you. But, yeah. uh, you have to pay your way to, to make sure things go your way. Otherwise, hey, bad stuff can happen. I've been to jail here twice. I know. <laughs> Yeah, I had to. Yeah, we had to, I had to do some negotiating on his. Behalf. Yeah, the first was eighty thousand though. It wasn't no eight thousand. Like, the economies went up a little. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Inflation. So yeah, uh, you know, people ask me all the time. They're like, so how are the ties? Because they're they're either afraid. Or they've heard that they're so nice or whatever. So they ask when they come to the camp, they're like, how are the ties? I want to go to Bangalore and, and have fun. You know, what do I do? I'm scared. I, I haven't been in this country before. And I tell them all the same thing. I'm like, the ties are the friendliest people you'll ever meet. Like, they'll, they're so happy. They're smiling. They'll do whatever you want. Just don't be, you know, don't disrespect them. Respect don't treat them, them bad. Right. Because if you do, it's going to be a nightmare. And like... Some of the worst fights I've seen on Bangalore has been like foreign, mostly foreigners and lady boys. Like I'm not kidding you, but but it'll be like it'll be like some foreigner trying to pick up a a, a lady boy, and not know that it's a lady boy, 
Then he finds out and he gets mad and then he punches yeah. her or whatever. And then all of a sudden there's like three or four lady boys and they're just beating the crap out of this guy. Ten on one. Easy. Yeah. It's just like some savage, yeah. savage fights I've seen down there on Bangalore. But it's like, yeah, as long as you're fair and nice, you're going to get treated so, so good. But you have to respect it's their country and you're a visitor. So if, if you know, if you disrespect them or you're not nice to them, you know, obviously it's a rough place to... Rough place to be yeah. mean to somebody because there's a whole lot of ties in Thailand. <laughs> there's a lot yeah. more. Yeah, and that's, that's where you're right or wrong. They usually went to trouble. Matter, yeah. Everybody jumps in to help the ties. Yeah. Because they're, they're, they all seem to be together. Same with the, the motorbike taxi guys. Yeah. They're, they're ruthless as well. And, uh, yeah, like you said, uh, yeah, always be polite. Uh, don't talk down to them like they're, they're from a poorer country and you're right. more superior just because you're a little money. Yep. Um, it doesn't hurt to say please and thank you. No. Uh, it's, it's just basic, basic, basic. Yeah. Just don't be an asshole, uh, basically. Don't be an asshole, yeah. That's yeah. It. Ties are amazing. Ties are so cool. If you're asking for directions, they'll stop what they're doing and they'll take you there. They, they won't point out the directions. I'll actually take you there. Yeah. It's so, it's so full of fun. Um, yeah, I love my time over there. I, I did four years pretty much straight and then I spent another nearly a year on and off just three months here, two months there. Um, but, but, I was very lucky that there was no Westerners where I lived, so uh, I, I I had to learn the language really fast because uh, I had to survive. And then the Thais who helped me, they they teach me sentences. Oh well, it started off like I start asking questions. I, I pick up a cup. What's this? I pick up a hat. What's this? What, I pick up a pair of shoes. What's this? And then every day I, I try and learn five words. And then the next day, all right, another five words. Next day, another five words. And then the the Thais just give me um. Uh, sentences that they say um, that give, put me on little jobs. Um, all right, you need to go to the shop, and you want you want to say, "I want one bag of ice." So <laughs> I remember that in my head. All right, I got that, and then I could change. I want one bag of ice, so I want one one plate of rice, or I want one drink. And okay, I got that sense. And then um, before I knew it, uh, I could sing Thai karaoke. I could watch the Thai soap operas <laughs> on TV. I could go to the Thai movies, watch the movies. It was it was amazing, and then um, uh, I used to play games with the Thais too. I pretend I was Western at the start, and then I could hear them talking to each other, trying to rip me off. And then I start busting out my Thai language, and they go, "Oh, oh!" And all of a sudden, they get really polite, and then they change all their tune, and then uh, they give me Thai braces. So, so yeah, it was it was fun. It was fun being a Westerner and being special because you were that guy that everyone would stop. And the little kids would grab their parents by the sleeve, and then they'd, they'd point at me. And then once I started speaking to someone, they'd freak out, and then it's like, oh, wow, you're really cool. So, and then once I was fighting as well, I'd run down and shoot my tie shorts, and yeah. then you got ties like that, they'd flash their lights at me, and I'd beat them yeah. on, and I'd give me a big wave. Um, and then uh, sometimes you get in trouble, I have the fight. John Wayne, last night, I put money on you. You lose. Why you lose? <laughs> it's like, ah. Yeah, yeah that never happens really to good, me. Uh, around our neighborhood, because I was the only one, it was so easy for everyone to remember me. So... It was, it, I, I was very fortunate to be that guy that really set the thing, uh, the living in Thailand. No one was doing it before I did. Uh, with People were flying for two weeks, a couple months, and they go home. I was the first guy to live there for really four years, which yeah. made it really easy for Songtra to use me on his promotion because I, was, I didn't have to fly me and I was already there. So, um, yeah, I... I Every month I'd be on a flight show somewhere. It was really, it was just so so convenient for them. Um, and even my trainers would go, "You don't know how special we are. No one's doing what you're doing. Not, not a, you're the first person ever to live in a 
Ty Camp and become one of us. So um, I'm, I'm very happy that I, I could sort of be a role model for the, the what's happening now. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Like, yeah, when's the last time? When's the last time you were back here? Uh, 2010. Uh, I went back and trained with Sanchari for uh, four weeks at uh, 13 Coins. Uh, I was getting ready for the fight. Yotsin Goliath for the third time. So, yeah. And you beat uh, Yatsin Klai. Yeah. That, that's an amazing yeah, yeah. win. You beat Yatsin Klai. And not uh, only did you beat Yatsin yeah. Klai, which is Fairtex's main guy. We've been giving this guy retired. shit all week, by the way. But you yeah. also beat our star uh, trainer, uh, uh, Lomson Cramps. So Lomson yeah, Cram, obviously, is one of the really most cool. renowned trainers in Thailand. And, and he's the one that George St. Pierre actually flew to Canada three times yeah, to train yeah, for yeah. His, uh, his last three fights, except for the Bisping fight. Yeah. Um, and I locked him down at AK Thailand, and, and 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 he was one of the main people I was trying to to get for the camp. And so once we we found out that you fought him and actually beat him by decision, oh yeah. man, we've been giving him hell over yeah. that. He, he, he uh, hates yeah. it. He hates it. Now this is jo- jokingly, you know, you jokingly, know, you know, he, yeah. he loves you. Yeah. He he is a fan of yours and all that. He says y'all are friends, but he did want me to ask you. Well, a he wants you to come see us, just so you know. Uh, and B, he uh, he says that you cheated because you need him in the nuts three times. <laughs> he goes, boss, you need me in the nuts <laughs> too much. Yeah, exactly. That's what we said, man. We're like, come on, man. So, man, to win to win a decision over in Thailand over a Thai over like Austin Cram, man, and and at the you know back then too, that's a big yeah, win. Yachtsin Fly, man. Yeah, that was in Australia that fight. But I'm just yeah. oh, yeah. either no, way, just to, to beat a tie, period, period, yeah. By a decision is so and amazing. Back then, though, when he was like active and fighting yeah. like he was, I mean, he's such a huge name. And then like, Yatsin Klai as well, and like this man, you beat some really big. Yeah, can you can you touch on that fight just so we can show him this? Yeah, so uh, the left side bound fight, I knocked him down three times. I think on round one, round three, round five. He left that part. Uh, the third, <laughs> yeah, he the didn't third knock, that. The, the third knockdown, I think I um I think we're in the clinch, and the referee. I don't know. As the referee was about to say break, I hit him with an elbow. At the same time, it's one of those ones. As I as I've loaded up, the referee's going break. And I, I was already in motion, so it's one of those ones like ah That's, shit. Well, if you're but, in motion, uh, I think it's fine. It wasn't intentional. It was just it was just timing. I didn't mean to elbow him, but it was just half, halfway through the breaks of the call. But but um, it was a good fight. He's he's tough. He, and he switches. He's Southpaw Orthodox. Um, he's really long. I was really He's worried big. about that fight because I'd seen um, him dismantle so many Westerners. But it was just my night. I, I was I trained really hard, so um, I was happy to score the knockdowns to help secure the win. Um, so I knocked, knocked him out. So, so, yeah, I just kind of straight out trying to punch as hard as I could. And, yeah, so I was lucky to get him on the chin a couple times. So you knocked him out yeah, three so, times. So, so since, but since then, uh, um, we caught up again in China, and he's that guy that as soon as he's seen me, he, he opens his arms. Come and give me a hug. It's yeah. like, oh shit, how you been? He's and awesome. then uh, we caught up again in Montreal. We were training George in Montreal at the time. Same deal again. Come and give me a hug again. And then where else did we catch up with? We caught up somewhere else. And then uh, same deal again. He's, he's like uh, the most nicest, coolest oh, ex- 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 opponent that I've ever had. Um, he was even on my documentary. Yeah, we saw him. documentary called Blister. Benefits. 
yeah, if you see him for it, please give me him a high five for me. Uh, I'll yeah, see him in two hours. And we'll yeah. also mention that three knockdowns. Yeah, he left that. forgot to tell yeah. us about. I didn't even know the fight was in Australia. I, th- I thought maybe it was here or something. So yeah, I, I, I didn't even know that. And then, uh, I was about to say, oh, you just got cut off on your Skype. The The Wi-Fi went bad. But for the documentary, for people that want to watch that documentary, it's Blessed by Venom, uh, right? Blessed but, with Venom. Uh, blessed with Venom. Yeah. yeah, we watched blessed it. Just watched it again last night. Yeah, we, we watched, watched it last before. night. Yeah, so. But, uh, yeah, uh, Blessed cool. with Venom. A great documentary, man. And it talks a little bit about the history in the beginning and then obviously goes into you and your story and everything. So, so anyone that wants yeah. to watch it at home, check out YouTube, Blessed with Venom, yeah. John Wayne Parr. Great documentary. Um, yeah, very lucky. To, very, very cool. I was going to say, to jump on that, obviously, it, I, I believe it ended in, the documentary came out in, what, probably 2011, 12? Yeah. So for yeah. those who watch that documentary and don't know what's going on since then, I mean, you've opened up a gym. And yeah, I opened up the gym in the 99 in a show. Okay, yeah, yeah. But then, and then you have, well, now you have the uh, You have a fight the promotion, fight promotion. Can you talk about that? Because of the little gloves. Because they wasn't used to the, the yeah. so many hands before. 
and he got it went to the decision. He got dropped twice by uppercuts. Uh, so that was crazy for, for an Aussie to be punting. Um, was was just because of the the environment being in the cage under the gloves. It was in a ring with more gloves. The Aussie probably, probably would have died but because it was a different environment. Yeah, the, the Aussie come out on top. And then um, and Sancho was in the crowd also. No. And I'm, I'm like, oh man, imagine having Sancho. And Sancho, what do you think? He's like, no, no, no. I love no. that guy, man. Too dangerous. Too dangerous. Because, uh, yeah, now he can't just survive with his kicks now. When the hands come into play, he would have been a bit dangerous if someone had land on his chin. But now he's doing type of um, the ropes. Yeah. So, so, but that was before then. Um, so, yeah, so so far we've done 10 shows. Uh, and then, yeah, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then the, the best part is now when FC's um, taking my um, promotion and run with the same idea with the cage and the little gloves, so hopefully they're going to make it. They're going to blow it up, and make it really big worldwide, uh, because they have the the star power and the and the already got the entities with their Facebook. They got seven and a half million people on their Facebook page. So if they can make it big, that's going to complement what I'm doing here in Australia. Hopefully, so so um, hopefully we can all grow together and make it a, a, a popular sport. So yeah, absolutely. So how can how can people find out more about your promotion? Can can you uh, share the links or, or the website and everything that people can look at to, to get more information? Yeah, yeah there's, there's a few fights on um, YouTube. Uh, I haven't got any promotions planned at the moment. Uh, uh, hopefully with Bellator, uh, they're going to keep me busy with a few more fights. Uh, with them, I'm guaranteed money without the headache of being a promoter. So I'd rather nice. just fight if I can help it. Uh, so in between, in between fights, I'll definitely do a, uh, another CMT plan. But uh, why why I can just train, fight, and not have to worry about the stress of uh, yeah holding up emotion because I'm the promoter and the main event, right? Which is re- really hard. <laughs> so people can just yeah. follow your Instagram, and then you'll have all your updates on there. And I want to say, yeah. looking at your Instagram the other day, I want to congratulate you. You just made a post that you got another contract with uh, with Bellator, so you're obviously not retired. You got four more fights with Bellator, and you are looking for that hundredth win, correct? Ah, yes, I will. That was supposed to be my last fight. My last fight was supposed to be my 100 win uh, in Budapest uh, in April. And then uh, it was a three-round fight. I won the first two rounds quite easily. Uh, the third round was really tough because he must have known he was losing, so he's coming out all guns blazing. Uh, I probably might have just lost the third, but uh, I thought I won the first two rounds easy. And then we were going to do a thing called a clubby. So there's an Australian, uh, Daniel oh, Ricardo, oh, he's a Formula One driver. He does a shoey. We put pours uh, champagne in shoe, drinks out of the shoe. I was gonna get a, uh, a bo- my boxing glove and fill that full of monster. I was gonna drink monster out of my glove. <laughs> so as soon as the fight was over, I took my glove off. Um, we got it all ready to pour the monster in. Uh, we had shirts made with a hundred wings printed on top of them. I so as soon as the one, I was gonna put the new shirt on. And then uh, I was waiting for the decision. And the first, they read out the scorecards. The first judge gave it uh, 30-27. And I seen them. I said, Oh, I don't think I won every round. The next two judges have given it 29, 28. And I said, oh, I think I won the last of this. And your winner is. And I was ready to jump up. And then, um, yeah, it was the other guy. Oh. I was like, what? And then uh, with Bellator, it, gets, it was showing about two or three hours later in America. And then my inbox got crazy with people going, how the hell did you lose? I thought you won for sure. It's like, so did I. I thought I won also. So I kind of have a little bit sort of uh, robbed. But, um, we yeah, know it's coming point, though, man. We know it's coming. School cards, you can't blame anyone else. So it would have been nice to get that the 100 win back then because I was 
mentally prepared for it, and uh, I, I, I talked it up too. So a little bit embarrassing when you when you talk it up, but it doesn't happen. But hopefully next time. Yeah, now you got four more fights with Bellator, so we're definitely going to see it and uh, and then maybe be there, depending on, on what show it is. So that's, yeah, that's awesome, man. I think it's going to be exciting to see that 100 win. When, when are you looking to, you said later in the year you're looking to come back for your next fight? Uh, I hope so. I hope the, the sooner the better. I'm ready now, so we just wait and see what they, they throw at me. So, um, so there's, there's a big show 14th of July in Rome, in Italy, so hopefully... If someone pulls out, they can put me on the card. Uh, if not, uh, I'm only a phone call away, so I'm ready 24-7. So I think you've had like just under 140 fights, correct? Something like that around? Uh, 132. 132 total fights. So um, yeah. obviously the ties here, they've had a lot of fights. They yeah. fight almost every week. How often did you fight being a foreigner when you were here fighting to, to accumulate that many fights? How often were you fighting when you were fighting at your most? Like for the years that you fought the most amount of times? Like once yeah, every so how long? So 1997, uh, I was that was my best year. That was the year I picked up by Songchai. Uh, I had nine fights in 12 months, and then mm. I had seven seven wins. Uh, and then that year, um, you know, Moisey Our Magazine, mm-hmm. um, they they voted me the the strongest Westerner in Thailand for 1997. Wow. So that was that was a pretty cool moment. Uh, how old were you then? 20? That, that was 19? my first year fighting at Lumpini. Uh, I won. Two out of my three fights in Lumpini. I was ranked number four at 147 pounds at Lumpini. I fought my first King's Birthday at Sanamua. Um, uh, yeah, being the first Aussie to, to be at Lumpini. I was the first Westerner ever to make the front cover of Moistown Magazine. Yeah, wow. Uh, that, uh, I was on TV. I think I think five of my fights were televised live on Thai TV as well. Nice. Um, so I had a really, really cool PHS. Um, because back then, like I said, there was no social media. Yeah. So I had this... this VHS tape that when I go back to Australia, I left the party for my dad. Um, he, he made a couple of um, copies, and then it was just pretty much going around to my friends. Hey, this is what I've been doing for the last year. Because no one knew what. Back then, I just disappeared. I just disappeared from the face of the earth. Come back 12 months later. I've been in Thailand. I've been fighting. And yeah, nowadays, if, if someone had done what I'd done, that'd be a, a mega star. But because it was all sort of word of mouth, right? Uh, and back then, um, I was still Wayne Park. I wasn't John Wayne yet. It wasn't until I got to Thailand that I decided they wanted to call me John Wayne. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, when I got back to Australia, everyone was giving me shit. I can't believe you changed your name to John Wayne. How lame is that? <laughs> it sucks. But um, that's what they called me, so I've got to roll with it. And then this, the, the worst thing was I went and got famous with that name too. So I said, ah, oh, now I'm stuck with this stupid name. <laughs> but now yeah, I just introduced myself as John. Everyone calls me John, so it's just normal. So, yes, it's yeah, definitely. Nice. You uh, you didn't have a nickname for yourself before John stuck. Uh, I was gonna be, I was gonna be the Punisher. My, well, my first fight name was the Wonder Kick. Wayne Wonder Kick part. That was the greatest name. Ever. That's when I was a young teenager. And then, uh, then I was gonna be the Punisher, Wayne Punisher. And then when I got to Thailand, the Thai was like, "Oh, we've got to call you something. We need everyone has a fight name. Um, what's your what's your history?" So I, was, I grew up on farms. Uh, my my parents are horse trainers. Um, I've been around farms. Oh, so you're like a cowboy. Uh, I guess so, yeah. He's so like, oh, so you're like John Wayne. Um, all right, from now on, you're going to be John Wayne. So, uh, sure. Yeah. Was, was that and then, uh, the, your coach, the right? Worst part is, uh, the worst part is Wayne means bastard in Thai. Oh, wow. So no one called me Wayne. Everyone called me John Will. John Will, John Will. So, oh, yeah. Thanks for the tip. Actually, a couple questions. Yeah. Did, a couple questions. When you first came to Thailand, did you ever fight in the bar fights? Like, just for the... 
just for the fun of it. Like obviously in Thailand, there's all these little bar fights, and and when the when the foreigners first come over, you can get into the ring and book a fight yeah. and, and and fight kind of like older out. older ties that are kind of not as in their prime anymore. Did you ever do that when you first came over? Uh, yes, there's one called uh, Marine Bar in Padia. Oh, that's okay. uh, there, there was a big one there. So I've uh, the I think a couple of nights beforehand, um, there was a big Sunshine promotion in Padia with um, Sam Tenoy for Danny Bill, um, Stan the Man like the '80s for um, Kirk, Kirk Walker. Uh, it was yeah, Tyres versus Westerners and stuff. The whole and the ring was set up on the beach. Um, it was amazing. Nice. So the next night, everyone went to party, and then uh, Danny Bill was in my corner. Um, yeah, he, he helped me help us out, and uh, yeah, it was really cool. Um, and then uh, we got on the everyone got on the drink afterwards, and then uh, just <laughs> hanging hang out with Danny, Danny Bill and all these superstars, you. and Sam the Man, and uh, Stefan Akima, and all these super, just, it, was, it was just mad. It was so cool. So yeah, back when back when it was it was real more time, the golden era. And I'm skipping around. I know I've got so many things I want to ask and talk to you about, but I want to try to not take up too much of your time, but. When you first came to Thailand from Australia and you you joined the camp there, what were your thoughts on on the way they were training back then? Because I remember how prehistoric and like crazy it was when I came, and that was in like ninety nine two thousand, and then like when you came was before that. So like when you first saw the kids training and fighting at such a young age, and just the the equipment and what how they train their mindset and all that. How, how was that? Condition? The living conditions. I remember going in the bathroom there, and they didn't have toilet paper. They had like a, just water. That's like what a, he said. He had to, yeah. like a bucket yeah. of water. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just yeah. like, yeah. How, how was it when you first went there, like, and you saw that whole thing and you experienced it? What was that like for you coming from Australia? Uh, well, my Thai sponsor, um, he, he was in the uh, head of the restaurant, and he was my my first sponsor. So he would let me come down to his restaurant uh, once a week. They come and have a free meal. Nice. And then I was—I lived about fifteen minutes walking distance. So once a week, turned into pretty much every day. And then we just had this relationship where he became almost like my, my second father. So I'd go and sit in the in the kitchen while he was preparing the chicken skewers and chopping up <laughs> the vegetables. And we'd just talk about this crazy um, country where this Thai boxing was like the uh, like a national sport, and how people would live on the floor and. Um, you know, yeah, it's just just hard. Um, I remember having a really hard fight in Australia, and I got dropped in the second round with the leg kicks, and then I ended up coming back in the fifth round, knocking the guy out before thirty seconds ago. And then the next day, I, I won a belt, and at least I took my belt down to the restaurant to celebrate. And then Richard, he, he pulled me into the kitchen. He's like, "Last night was a super tough fight. You showed a lot of heart last night. Um, what about? Do you want to go to Thailand?" Um, but it's going to be tough. If you go, it's going to be, it's not going to be easy. Oh, I'd love to go to Thailand. Yeah, I'll tell you what I do. Uh, if, if you can promise me you can stay six months, uh, I'll do everything. All you have to do is organize your passport and I'll, I'll pay for your camp. I'll find you a camp. I'll pay for your plane ticket. Um, I'll put money into your account if you need money. Um, but you have to promise me six months. If you come back early, we're done. I don't want to know you. Okay, yeah. No worries. It's going to be tough. I said, mate, I promise I won't come back. I'll, I'll, I'll stick it out. So, um, I went online my passport. When my passport arrived, I took down to the restaurant. Hey, Richard, my passport arrived. So he grabbed me by the hand, and we walked down the street, um, uh, halfway down the street to where the travel agent was. We went and sat down and said, I want a, uh, a six-month open ticket for this young man. And uh, sure enough, he bought the ticket right then and there for me. He said, all right, 
then I come back. So I left a few days later, and then, um, yeah, and then sure enough, the first three months wasn't too bad. Um, I shared a double bed with a Thai um, tongue, uh, Richard's brother uh, at the time, and he had a sit-down toilet, and I did that for the first three months, and that was okay. And then uh, when same thing came up, take to the Bangkok camp. That's when my life crazy. That's when, but I was mentally prepared for the worst of the worst. Um, and then uh, after a week or so, it just became normal life. Just one man or a bunk was just normal. Uh, mm. Sleeping on the floor was normal. Uh, sometimes you'd have to sleep on uh, the tiles uh, during the daytime because uh, uh, upstairs was too hot because of the heat. Jeez. And then, like you said about the training too. So when I first got there, it was five minute rounds. So you know how you do the ten tens at the start. Yeah. So we had ten tens at the start, ten tens in the middle, ten tens for the last thirty seconds, and then every kick in between was a double. We weren't allowed to press. Everyone had to be double kick, double kick, double knee, double knee, double kick, double kick. All right, time for tens, tens, tens. So you do five 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 minute rounds in forty degree heat with all those kicks in the center, and then um, and then you put in the bag for maybe 20, 25 five minute rounds, and then you do a half an hour clinching. Uh, and then we do a half an hour run after training. Uh, sometimes we were training seven days a week, which sucked. There's yeah. nothing worse than having to get the Sunday, you have to train all Sunday, and then Monday comes. You know, that was generally the time that was going to have off, and then it's just so painful. Your body hurts so bad. But then uh, after I fought, I was allowed to have uh, seven days off. So I jump in the bus from um, Bangkok, and I go to Padia. I visit the guys that I was living with for a little bit. Uh, I'd go and be a Western, I'd go and speak English for seven days and have a hamburger, uh, uh, get get ridiculously drunk, and then um, <laughs> jump back on the bus, go to Bangkok, and then I'd be a Thai again, I'd speak Thai, live on the floor, one hand on the bum, and that could be to any, from anywhere from a month to two months, three months, until I have my next fight, and then I'd go be a Western again for seven days. So that was uh, my only way to keep it sane, was to, to get out of Bangkok and speak English. So, but yeah, it was cool, it was, a, it was adventure, everything was adventure for sure. Um, yeah, probably the best time of my life just being being that guy. It was cool. Okay, so yeah. you, you mentioned earlier about Thai karaoke and it look like that. So, so what was your affiliation with Thai karaoke and you learning Thai karaoke? Explain that story a little bit. So, so we used to have these, um, like all the Thais used to bop and weave and dance to these songs and it had a really cool beat. So I could, I could just start understanding the Thai language. Every, I could understand it probably every third or fourth word. So I, I went and bought this um, this CD called uh, Loso. So I had a, a tape deck and um, I wanted to learn the words so bad. So I get in my room with a pad and pen and I I do play pause, play pause. I get I, I get a couple of sentences. I stop it. I write it down in English. Uh, uh, luck. Uh, R U C K T E R T E R. And then I write the whole song in English and then I play it over and over again. Until I memorized it all in all in Thai, I don't only understand half of it at the same time. And then uh, you could sing it. I got to this, I got to the stage. I knew the whole album. I could sing the whole album. Oh wow! And then uh, we'd we'd go to the um, karaoke bars, and uh, there'd be all Thais there. And then um, I think it was 20, 20 bar or something to sing. I put down twenty bar, and everyone was stopped. It's like, oh, I know what's going to do. And then the Thai music would start, and then all the girls. We're going to the dance floor, and I start busting out these Thai songs, and everyone would start jamming. <laughs> and then uh, it, it was, I was like a, this singing superstar, and it was crazy singing this different language. And then the band would go, 
do you know any more songs? I said, mate, I know the hell wrong. So I'd sing for about five or six um, songs in a row, and then sure enough, they'd grab their boyfriends, the boyfriends and the girlfriends, and then the dance floor would be full, and here I am jamming out with a live band behind me too. It was like the greatest, greatest thing ever. And I always had this thing, when I was high, I want to be a Thai singer. Um, but that, that, that dream's over now. But when I was there, that was my whole hopes and dreams. Was, <laughs> you wanted right, to be a Thai singer. Thai, dream, thai boxing thing, and after that, I'm going to be a Thai singer. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was just about to ask so you. Cool. I ask a lot of the, the fighters this quest, the same question. I was going to ask you while, eventually, but I'll ask you now since you just said it. Uh, after your dreams got crushed of being a Thai karaoke singer post-fighting, <laughs> um, now you've had all the success and you became so much bigger as a Thai fighter and you're fighting in Bellator, obviously another four fights. What is your what is your uh, ideal end game for after fighting? Like, say once fighting's over, you know, 100% you're retired and you're done, what does John Wayne Parr want to do for the rest of his life that's going to make you happy? That's a golden question. That's, Tough question, huh? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm 42 in two weeks. Um, so 42 years old, still fighting, still loving it, still have that passion, still have hopes and dreams of winning more titles and being more famous. Um, I still don't think I'm there yet. I, I want to be, I want my legacy to be cemented. I don't want to be okay. I want to be the best. I want to be, I want to be, I, I know Thai boxing doesn't have that much money in it. I'm never going to be a Conor McGregor. And I, but I know when I pass, I want to have the legacy of Raymond Deckers. I want to be that guy that mm. that achieved greatness um, in a sport that not many people can achieve sport greatness in. So um, uh, after I retire, I don't know. It's going to be really sad. Um, I'm going to be very lost. Uh, part of me is going to die when I retire. Um, yeah. uh, I'm so happy that Bellator has resigned me because that gives me another a few years to, to keep this dream alive. Um, for a couple of weeks, I got quite depressed because I didn't have the contract. And then, um, yeah, it was that unknown. I've got my gym here in Australia, which is really good. And we're doing little promotions, but I stopped that fight money. I miss that. That fight money is going to be hard to yeah. uh, recuperate. Yeah. Get those big lump sums. So yeah. I don't want to live off. I have to live off. I don't want to, but I'm going to have to just live off my PCs and get my body smashing every day by holding pads for massive people. But uh, it's all unknown. I, I've only known Thai boxing ever since I left school. Um, and I'm not the most educated kid. I went to 11 different schools growing up. Um, wow. I'm okay with... I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a dummy, but at the same time, I'm, I'm not really a businessman either. So I, I, feel know, like, I feel like any smart, any smart person... I mean, the world's becoming such a tech world, an online world. You're so good with social media. I, I feel like any smart business guy that, that has this kind of... Um, somewhat uh, interest in, 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 in what you do is going to grab you up and you're a gold mine for possibly like online, uh, something online, be it, be it training and lessons. And obviously you can write books for days. And I mean, and, and you go on about wanting to be, you know, have this bigger legacy and being a bigger champion and, and being all these things. But you've, you've done a lot of that, man. So it's like, obviously you're going to increase each fight you win. But you've done so much already, man. I mean, if you never fought again, you're 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 a living legend, and you will always be remembered. You've already cemented your legacy in the sport of Muay Thai that, that no one's going to be able to really match. I, I don't think in our generation. Um, but I think any smart businessman is going to grab you up, man, and, and offer you a bunch of things. I, I really do because 
I mean, no one's done what you've done, and 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 that's what people want in this world is is those unique people that can that can that can share the kind of stuff that you can and and have those kind of experiences. So I hope the best for that, man, for sure. I, I yeah, want you to yeah, enjoy yeah. the rest it's, of your it's life. It's very scary. It's very scary. I like fighting. I like I like walking in front of the crowds. I like feeling the adrenaline. I like laying in my bed uh, before the fight, and that and that ten week lead up, just wondering. Am I going to be successful? Am I going to win this fight? Am I going to get hurt? Um, and the, the, the game planning leading up to it, the, the feeling, fear, the, the smashing the pads, the sparring, and then the, that feeling of accomplishment, getting your hand raised, and, and winning by knockout, nothing beats that feeling of, oh, yeah. uh, of uh, winning by, by KO. Um, so um, definitely something that's going to be missing when that goes. I've jumped out of planes, and I've, and I've done bungee jumping, and it's going to be hard to, uh, <laughs> to, to try and feel like void um, and then trying to think of ways to make money I need to make money on, on making memes so I can make people laugh yeah, so you do good at that memes and Photoshop I reckon I'll be a, a there yeah. you go there you go and uh, <laughs> just so we can get it clear because man I was looking at your uh I mean, you have so many titles and runner-ups and champions, and we were looking and we were trying to count all these titles that you have. How many world titles total do you have? I mean, I posted that picture on uh, – we posted a picture on uh, the Real Quick Podcast, but, I mean, all these belts everywhere. How many world titles do you actually have? Uh, ten. Ten, ten so, total. Okay. Ten, ten, ten different sanctioned body titles. So right. not one title that I've defended ten times. Ten right. different sanctioned bodies. Different, yeah. So that's so even – WMC, so that's like yeah, all of them. I know it's <laughs> like everyone you that, could that have. Win one title. They defended a few times, and they call them. They call them different. But mine are all different sanction. Every single one is a different sanction. So, so I'm very lucky. Uh, and then I, the ones that I've defended, I don't call them new world titles. It's just right. It's just one of the that was the confusion, so. and I'm not sure. I assumed yeah, you probably won smaller shows coming up as well. So yeah, it's been cool. It's been fun. Um, and then uh, did you notice uh, I did a, the post the other day with the jacket, the jacket, the Sir Samart in from uh, the King's Birthday. No, I didn't so see that. That was really cool. So 2001, um, you know, the King's Birthday, 100,000 people in a yep. park in Bangkok. December 5th, uh, right? Yeah, December 5th. So I, this was my third, third I won uh, 99, 2000, and then I was fighting 2001. And then at the wane, I, I said the song to promote, I said, oh, hey, if I win, if I win, um, my fight tomorrow, this is going to be uh, my third King's birthday in a row. He's like, really? Um, hang on a second. He, he whistles to one of his workers. He said, uh, prepare, prepare, sir, so much. We can't wait for tomorrow. Which means, it was like a jacket of honor. It's like, whoa, no way. And then, uh, so I've, I've come back to the ring. I've done my Ramoy. And then um, just before the referee brings us in to tell us the rules, uh, the generals come up into the ring and they've got uh, this jacket on this gold, gold thing. Uh, and then, yeah, they call me over, they present this jacket to me live wow. on Thai TV in front of 100,000 people. Jeez. And then um, I've got this Thai opponent just staring me down with daggers. <laughs> he wants to smash my face in. <laughs> and then the Thai crowd's cheering. I'm getting this round of applause reward getting this jacket, which I don't think any other Western has ever won. Um, it, it hangs up in my gym now. Very, uh, it's like very, it's, it's, it's better than, it's, it's without, how do I say it? It's, Better than a world title, just be get, getting that recognition from the ties as uh, something that no one's ever got, I guess, because of, I think the way Song Chai sort of explained it, for um, dedicating your life to the sport and, and to the Thai culture, it's, it's a representation of um, everything that you've achieved. So, so yeah, it's cool to check the one, it's really cool. So, the world, I won two world titles in Bangkok, 
Um, I got this jacket and I uh, got all those uh, all those spurs for Australia and for Westerners uh, over there as well. So, um, yeah, accomplishment wise, it's cool, but yeah, you, you can't live off that. You can't yeah. you can't bank on yeah. it later. Um, yeah, yeah, it yeah. would be nice if Moisa had Conor McGregor money. It'd be yeah. nice to drive around a new uh, uh, sports car every every week and everything else. But at the same time, um, I'm, I would deserve it, man. No way. So, so I'm gonna ask you who who. Who was your biggest win? Like, what fight did you win that that you felt the most euphoria after? That you were just like, just your your, your hugest win of your entire career. Okay, so there's probably two, uh, and uh, they're both the ones in Bangkok. Uh, so I thought Orono, who was really famous yeah. at the time, he was he was up there with Saint Tenori. Yeah. Uh, I got to see. I thought he was around there. Uh, so yeah, Orono, uh, Satmon Khan. Uh, uh, Johnson and all those sort of guys. He was he had the the, the title. Um, I fought him in 1997, so I had I had nine fights. I won my first nine fights straight, and he was my first A class fight. And, and that build it right up. I've just made the front cover of the magazine. Uh, I was ranked number four at Lumpini. And then Sunshine told me before the fight. He said, "Today you beat Arno. Your next fight's for a Lumpini title." So oh shit, really? Oh wow, this is crazy. This is huge. So um. Ah, let's rewind a little bit. So, so I've won my ninth fight straight. I've just made the front cover of the magazine. Um, everyone sort of started to know who I was now. And then we're watching the TV. I was sitting with all the ties. And then we're watching the fights. And then uh, they did the announcement. Okay, so uh, in next month we've got a huge show at International Stadium. Uh, we have Santa Noy. He's going to fight a game for the title. We've got this guy fighting this guy, this guy fighting this guy. We also have John Wayne Park. Uh, Johnny fighting our uh, Orono, and everyone's just stopped and stared at me. And I'm like, what? They're going, you're fighting Orono. And I'm like, oh, also, <laughs> I've, I've fought nine fights. I've won my last nine fights. I don't care. And they you don't understand. You're fighting Orono. I'm like, ah. I just sort of shrugged off. Ah, just another time. And they're like, no, no, you don't understand. You're fighting Orono. So I didn't know Orono was such a killer. I just thought it was just another time. And then um, it wasn't until the fight started that I realized he was the, the real deal. He was the first guy that when I got in the clinch, I could hear him growling in my ear. He was like, full on one of this, just kill me. And then um, round two, uh, he opened up my eyelid with a couple of elbows. And then round three, cut me again under my, under my eye. And then uh, the referee stopped the fight. The doctor checked the cut. The, the cut was too big. The fight was stopped at third round. So that's my first loss. Um, and then year 2000, uh, three years later, I fought on the King's birthday. Uh, I was supposed to fight, uh, I was supposed to fight another fight anyway. Uh, we got to the weigh-in, and then Sancho's like, ah, Masato was supposed to fight Orono. Masato's scared that Orono's got hepatitis, and you're too big for this tie, so change your plans. You're not fighting that tie tomorrow. You're going to fight Orono tomorrow instead. I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh no, that sucks. Because uh, at that stage, Orono was the most painful fight I've ever had. Um, I was quite scared of him. Like, he, he left a, he, he, he scared the shit out of me. Um, and now, on 24 hours notice, I, I was going to fight Orthol, right? And now I'm fighting a Southpaw. And not only a Southpaw, I'm fighting Orono. And then, um, so he, my, my trainer at the time, same thing, he goes, Don't worry, I have a game plan. I'll tell you tomorrow. So, what? You tell me tomorrow? Tell me out. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll tell you tomorrow. How'd you sleep so, that night? Man. 
uh, tuk-tuk drivers and taxi drivers stopping on the side of the street and asking a Westerner for a photo because, yeah. because you're beating them at their own sport is uh, the most craziest feeling you could ever imagine. It, it's just, uh, it still blows my mind. It's still so cool. So it's back to Batea okay. then. Back to yeah. Batea to be a foreigner for a week, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After yeah, that the, the old days. The old days. But uh, man, awesome! Uh, I mean, we could go on forever. Yeah, I don't want to keep, yeah, keep taking up all your time. What did you touch on the Contender Series, Yachts and Clyde? I mean, at oh, least yeah. at least tell us uh, your, about your gym a little bit. Plug your gym. Oh, uh, the gym. Yeah, so we've got a gym here on the Gold Coast. The Gold Coast is like, uh, yeah, it's like it's like the uh, Phuket of Australia. Everyone just comes here to holiday. We have all the theme parks. We have the beaches, the golden beaches, and and it's warm all year round. So our our winter is still 25 degrees during the day. It gets a little bit chilly at night time, but the rest of the day is still is still like summer anywhere else in the world. Um, yeah, my gym's 10 minutes from the beach, so every morning I'm running along the beach. Some mornings you'll see dolphins jumping in and out of the water or whales um, reaching out of, the wheat, out of the water as you're running. Um, uh, yeah, most I really big down here as well was probably a pop promotion. Nearly every weekend without fail, sometimes Friday, Saturday, sometimes Saturday, Sunday. So we have a really strong Muay Thai community around my area, around in in, in Queensland. Um, it's really cool. It's, it's easy to keep the, the boys busy, uh, and the girls busy. Uh, yeah, it's fun. We used to have the magazine, and we used to have uh, fights every once a week on Fox Sports here in Australia. But because of the UFC is so crazy now, yeah. uh, they've, they've stopped showing the Muay Thai now, which was a bit of a bummer. But um, when it was big, it, it was really cool. Uh, a lot of the, the fighters are household names because everyone watches the fights every week. But, um, since that's stopped, it's sort of dropped down a little bit. But, but uh, yeah, it's still, it's, still, it's still cool. The gym's still busy. Everyone everyone loves fighting. Um, and, and then with the MMA too, Muay Thai compliments MMA as well. So in that respect, it's still keeping people coming through and, and keeping them away of keeping fit and um, looking good and, and learning the art of self-defense as well. Yeah, I've been coming to Thailand for 19 years and, and I owe... I feel like I owe Muay Thai the biggest credit to my style and the wins that I did get. And, and I guess, you know, I guess the, whatever successes I made and money I made because the Muay Thai knockouts that I got, you know, using Muay Thai uh, tactics and striking, that's what people want to see. That's that flashy stuff that, 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 that makes you the money and pays your bills. Not, not necessarily the boring fighting and the, you know, whatever else. So Muay Thai is such a big aspect of MMA, you know. But, but moving forward here with uh, – oh, go ahead, sorry. Uh, no, just with, um, it's up to you get to Thailand and see it as a national sport and the TV coverage and the magazines and the newspaper that comes out every day that you realize um, how, how big the sport could be uh, in other countries. It just needs, uh, it just needs that, that TV time uh, to, to build the stars, just like UFC and, and MMA, uh, just so people can invest in other fighters' personalities instead of just seeing fighter A versus fighter B and just watching two people that are known going at it. For sure, the fights are exciting, but once you know their personalities, you feel invested. If you want to cheer Johnny, you want to cheer such and such because uh, you know that he's struggling, or you know that it's, you get your good guys and your bad guys, and then it's fun to, to watch the sport more. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just looking at that little bit of profile. But once you get that, I think that the sport will explode. So, two more quick things, real fast. Sorry, two yeah. more things quick, real fast, before we let you go. Um, what is your advice for, for fighters coming here to, to train in Muay Thai? Like, what, what would your advice be for, for people that see this or that aspire to train in Thailand and, and want to be a Muay Thai fighter? 
uh, before they come? What, what would you say to those those individuals? Uh, uh, do it. Uh, if, you're, if you're thinking about it, don't, don't worry about your age, don't worry about your, your body type. Uh, just come and experience it, and then I guarantee you, you'll be back. Yeah, because it, it's so hard to go home. Once you get into that, that rhythm of uh, waking up, training, having something to eat, uh, chilling out, uh, training again, uh, you're exercising your mind, the body, the spirit, everything everything feels uh, perfect. Yeah. Uh, it's what we're supposed to do, I believe. Uh, uh, we, we put so much pressure on ourselves to be successful in business and everything else, but uh, if you take things back a little bit and just exercise, eat healthy, and, and train, uh, all of a sudden, all your worries go away. Yeah, uh, yeah you, every day you're improving that little bit more than you were yesterday, and you just feel happy inside. You just feel healthy and happy, and um, you have a purpose. So definitely, if you get the opportunity to do it, because it's, it's, you won't regret it. It'll change awesome. your life. Awesome, and and lastly, um, looking forward again uh, again to your Bellator contract and your Bellator fights. Is there any one person in particular that you really want to fight now in your career? Like any names, or are you just ready for whoever Bellator puts in front of you, and you just want to get get that hundredth win and and, and, yeah. and do what you want to do? Uh, at, at this stage, I just want to fight. Uh, just, just, fight. just want to um, be successful. Just fight, win, hopefully by knockouts. Yeah. Uh, get a few more highlight real KOs. Uh, a couple, yeah, just uh, put some money aside, invest. I want to try and pay my house off to to uh, to, to say that I bought my house through my fight money is something that's uh, been on my my wish list since I was a, a teenager. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to be one of those guys that had all these fights and then pissed it all against the wall and had nothing to show for the end of it. So I bought yeah. my house, I bought my gym. Um, I've got three kids that I'm, um, that I'm, I'm bringing up. And I just want to show them that no matter how hard and how determined you can be successful if you work hard for it. So hopefully I can be a good role model for my family and for other people in the sport to to want to achieve greatness. Well, Matt, I loved your fights. Um, You're you're obviously extremely humble and I think a great role model and uh, inspiration to so many people. We really appreciate you being on the podcast. And uh, obviously we, we... Open invitation anytime you want to come to AK Thailand and, and check out the gym and train and, and, and come just back say hi and so much we didn't cover yeah and yeah come back and party forever man you're definitely welcome to come out and hang out with us and we'll take care of you and cover everything so uh, I see that new basketball court you've, you've set up as well yeah so, we were playing yeah. today we we're playing today we we're playing today and then we had Anastasia training and then we rushed here to get the podcast done mm-hmm. but uh, yeah man so uh, we're, we're building more we're building another Muay Thai area right now uh, or coming up soon. Uh, and then a water view, like an ocean view uh, stair tower. So we're, we're still trying to add on more to it. So it'd be great if you come. And uh, you're always welcome, man, to the podcast, to the gym, whatever you need, man. You've been an inspiration for me. I've always looked up to you. And uh, it's just an honor to have you on the on the show, man, really. No, thank you. I remember when Mark Hunt was training there because um, yep. Mark's a, he's, he's an inspirational fighter. He's also a friend. So I remember we were training at your camp. I said, oh, man, that, that camp was so crazy. And then, uh, and then, like you said, after we met, we've been uh, keeping an eye on each other through social media and, and seeing how successful you are. And Daniel White dropping into your gym and saying hello, and uh, staying there. And then the basketball court's finished through the rock. So yeah, it's really cool. Congratulations on all your success. Thank you so much, being, man. Being successful in Thailand is a tough gig, but you, you, you've done it. So, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm, th- yeah. I'm trying. It's it's a work in progress, but I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, you're doing well. You keep, you're killing it. So, and, and like you said, you're going to build more extensions. So, obviously, everything's going in the right direction. So, yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank keep, you. Keep, keep, keep doing what you're doing because you seem to be doing, doing very well. Thank you. And well, you've been doing it well for many, many years. And, and so. Uh, enjoy watching you fight, man. I'm really looking forward to your next fight, and we will we will either be at your fight or we will watch it 100, yeah. percent man. And we're always rooting for you, so I can't wait to see you raise that hand for the hundredth time and uh, yeah. put that shirt on. And uh, you know I'm gonna be messaging yeah. you. So uh, thanks again for being on the podcast, man. I, I don't want to take up more of your time, but one quick question: Does the bear have a significance that you want to mention? Because I know you're sitting next to this huge bear, and I don't want to not say anything and it have some yeah. like significance or something. Because I uh, like him. I was gonna pretend it was a koala bear, but no, he didn't have a Qualifications to be a Oh, there we go. Nice one. Nice one. There we go. Wow. There we go. That was unbearable. Seriously. Yeah. And you're, and you're, because I just follow you just because. He's got him ready, doesn't he? So uh, your, uh, your name on Instagram, guys, I just follow you so I don't look at your name, obviously, but it's John Wayne Parr. It's just your Instagram uh, yeah, account. Just John Wayne Parr. So please just follow John Wayne Parr, guys. He's, he's quirky. He's fights are really bad jokes. No, he's he's got a great Instagram, man. I look forward to it every day. It always makes me smile. You he's just made humble. me start to want to follow you. Yeah. Two things though, just real quick. When you do come here, I'm undefeated in basketball against Australians. Just so you know. Yeah. He hasn't and, played any. Go ahead. And I would love to karaoke yeah. some Thai music with you. Oh, <laughs> we'll, we'll do a karaoke. Yeah, it's, been, it's been a while. I don't know what the latest he's on now. But, you uh, think I do? Come uh, on, man. If we, if we go back, if we go back in time to the low stuff and. Uh, Carabao, that's a good chance. Hey, I'm 38. I can go old school. Yeah. So, yeah, very cool. So, um, thank you for coming on, man. Yeah, thank you so much. We'll we'll keep my sexy white boy Skype name just under the... We won't say anything. I haven't said nothing, man. Yeah, yeah, you brought that up. (laughs) Uh, All right, brother. Thank you so much, man. I'll stay in touch with you. And uh, much respect. And uh, Kaplan Cap. And uh, we will uh, see you next time. And thanks for being on the podcast. Hey, thank you, guys. Bye-bye. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. The great Mike Swick. He's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, a.k.a. Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jiu-jitsu, they have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. I'm telling you guys, I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool, but you can't come to Thailand without coming to AKA Thailand. Come on.